Well, this evening this, we are turning once again to John's Gospel. Uh, we considered this morning the words, I am the door, from John chapter 10. And this evening we're going to look at John chapter 14. Let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. And whither I go, ye know, and the way ye know. Thomas saith unto him, Lord, we know not whither thou goest, and how can we know the way? Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. If ye had known me, ye should have known my Father also. And from henceforth ye know him, and have seen him. Philip saith unto him, Lord, show us the Father, and it sufficeth us. Jesus saith unto him, Have I been so long time with you, and yet hast thou not known me, Philip? He that hath seen me hath seen the Father. And how sayest thou then, show us the Father? Believest thou not that I am in the Father, and the Father in me? The words that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwelleth in me, he doeth the works. Believe me that I am in the Father, and the Father in me. Or else, believe me for the very work's sake. Verily, verily I say unto you, he that believeth on me, the works that I do shall he do also, and greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto my Father. And whatsoever ye shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If ye shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. If ye love me, keep my commandments. And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever, even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him. But ye know him, for he dwelleth with you, and shall be in you. I will not leave you comfortless, I will come to you. Yet a little while, and the world seeth me no more, but ye see me. Because I live, ye shall live also. At that day, ye shall know that I am in my Father, and ye in me, and I in you. He that hath my commandments, and keepeth them, he it is that loveth me, and he that loveth me shall be loved of my Father, and I will love him, and will manifest myself to him. And Judas saith unto him, not Iscariot, Lord, how is it that thou wilt manifest thyself unto us, and not unto the world? And Jesus answered and said unto him, If a man love me, he will keep my words, and my father will love him, and we will come unto him, and make our abode with him. He that loveth me not, keepeth not my sayings, and the word which ye hear is not mine, but the father's which sent me. These things have I spoken unto you, being yet present with you. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, 
whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Ye have heard how I said unto you, I go away and come again unto you. If ye loved me, ye would rejoice, because I said, I go unto the Father, for my Father is greater than I. And now I have told you, before it come to pass, that when it is come to pass, ye might believe. Hereafter I will not talk much with you, for the prince of this world cometh, and hath nothing in me. But the world, that the world may know that I love the Father, and as the Father gave me commandment, even so I do. Arise, let us go hence. Amen. We thank the Lord for this reading, also from his word. Let's ask the Lord's help. Now, Father, as we come to consider the word of God tonight, we pray that you would take it up, and that you would apply it to our hearts, that you would give us understanding. Father, that we might be able to stand in this present evil age, looking unto the Lord and trusting in his presence and the promises which you have given to us. Lord, we pray that we might walk in hope. And hope that is not seen is not hope for what a man seeth. Why does he yet hope for? But we hope for that which we see not. And our eyes may not fall upon Christ in physical form. But Lord, we pray, nevertheless, that we might see him who is invisible. And Lord, that we might know that thou art with us. Bless us then, we pray. Continue with us this evening and teach us the way. We ask these things in the Saviour's precious and worthy name. Amen. We were thinking this morning on that verse which says, I am the door. And this evening I want to consider the words here found uh, in verse 6, which, in which Jesus says, I am the way. I am the way. Of course, the Lord Jesus uses uh, many of these I ams, and they're recorded for us by John in his gospel. Uh, I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the door. I am the bread of life. I am the light of the world, and so on. The Lord Jesus uses these uh, illustrations of different aspects of who he is that we might understand. Not just that we might see something about him, but also for a reference to connect who Jesus is with the Old Testament because he is described in such terms in the Old Testament and when Jesus uses these terms uh, we might know that he is the one who was prophesied to come remember as he walked on that road to Emmaus uh, with the two disciples how that he began with Moses and the uh, and all the prophets and spake unto them those things concerning himself uh, Jesus is there in all the scriptures and he reveals himself here in the New Testament by those scriptures which have been written uh, for, for such a long time before. So here we have these words of the Lord Jesus. It is a statement, and it is a statement to Thomas. And Thomas uh, has not really understood, I don't think, what the Lord Jesus was saying to him. Uh, he would come back and comprehend it later. That's a good lesson to us isn't it that we should hide the word of god in our hearts we don't always understand everything when we hear it and there are many times when we may hear a word and we might puzzle over it and my advice in those situations is to hide that word in your heart 
Keep it there, puzzle over it, certainly pray over it too. But just remember it, don't reject it because you don't understand it, but just keep it there and you will find that at some point those things will be made plain. And all of a sudden it will just drop into place. You'll see perhaps a connection elsewhere in the scripture and the mind of the Lord will be made clear at that time. And so here it seems that Thomas didn't really understand, but Jesus does say to them uh, concerning the fact that he would be going uh, out of the world and that hereafter uh, they would know that he was going and that they would understand that he was going for a reason and uh, those things would come back to them, that they might be comforted. But here he has this great claim to be the way. I am the way. Not just, I know the way, or I will show you the way, or uh, if you stay with me, I'll lead you in the way. But this strange statement to say, I am the way, sometimes has been described as uh, one who would speak and say, follow me. Just walk in the steps uh, that I, I work and, and I will show you the way. And that's what I am the way means. But it means a little more than that, I think, in the words of the Lord Jesus. Uh, there is no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Uh, Jesus Christ is the door. And as we saw this morning, there is just the one door. And there is no other way in. And as he said, all that came before me, that is, who came before the door, that is, not in time, but in location, all those who came before the door, uh, they were thieves and robbers. They didn't come in through the door. They sought some other way. They sought heaven. They sought the pasture, but they didn't want to come in through the door, which was Jesus Christ. Jesus describes himself also as a shepherd. And he says, the shepherd goes in by the door to him, the porter openeth and the sheep hear his voice and they follow him. Why do they follow him? Because he is the way. So how is this word of the Lord Jesus confirmed to us in the scripture that we might know that Jesus himself is the way? There are lots of ways set before us. We were thinking about those this morning. We were thinking about uh, the false religions and the false philosophies and uh, many who would bring all kinds of things, uh, some to distract from Christ, some to diminish Christ and make Christ like uh, other uh, saviors who might be spoken of in the world, in other religions, uh, some who would deny Christ, uh, some even in this day and age would deny that he ever existed, uh, that he ever died, and certainly that he rose again from the dead. And so there are all of these things against those who would seek to come in by that straight gate and who are turned aside and Jesus uh, really denigrates them at that point when he speaks before the Pharisees and the scribes uh, and the Sadducees and said that all that came before me are thieves and robbers. But how do we know that he is the way? What is it in the scripture which reveals these things to us? Well, finally, in the final analysis, how we know that he is the way is the revelation of the Spirit of God to our hearts and to our understanding. But in the scripture, uh, we find that this word teaches us many things about him and about his way. So I want to consider these. First of all, how do we know that that claim to be the way is confirmed? Uh, First of all, by his sovereign authority. Secondly, by his sacrificial atonement. And then thirdly, by the saving association of his people. By his sovereign authority. Well, who knows the way better 
than he who came down from heaven. Uh, No man hath ascended into heaven, uh, we read, but he that came down from heaven. And that is the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, Who knows the way to heaven but the one who has come from it and knows exactly how we must get there. And he tells us very plainly and very clearly that the way to heaven is through him. It is through him. It is our personal relationship with him. And Jesus here in this chapter, of course, is speaking to the disciples. And and Thomas is the one who answers, but the disciples are there. And he says to them in the first verse, let not your heart be troubled. And in the second, I go to prepare a place for you. And in the third, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. So the Lord Jesus is involved uh, completely in this. Uh, The Lord Jesus is saying to them that he is the way, that without him there is no entrance, without him they cannot come into uh, the presence of the Almighty. And so the Lord Jesus Christ is the way himself, and he has this by sovereign authority. What authority? Well, first of all, we have to say about the Lord Jesus is that he is the author of all things. Uh, Unto him is the authorship of everything. We read there in the book of Colossians how that all things were made by him. Without him uh, was not anything made that was made. In uh, John 1, 1, of course, we read, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was there in the beginning. He was there in eternity, before uh, the Lamb slain before the foundation of the world. And so, because all things are attributed to him in the authorship of all things, no one can know the way better than him. He was there, if we might use the term, although it's a, an anthropomorphism, really it's, it's, a, it's a putting these things in, in man's terms. Uh, he was there when the plan was made. He was that, there in the planning stage of, of creating the heavens and the earth and of putting mankind upon it and everything that would occur in this world. He was there then and he knows the way. In the creation, he created the way. And as he uh, works with those who were created by him, so he says to us, I am the way. We could say also in conversion uh, that he knows the way. In Hebrews 12, 2, we read, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. The author and the finisher of our faith. How does he know the way? Because he begins the way. How does he know the way? Because he is the end of the way. Because he begins our faith and he brings that faith through to the end. Because he is in control the whole way through that journey from earth to heaven. From carnality to spirituality. From the flesh to that new man which is created in Christ Jesus. In conversion then, his sovereign authority is there. Stamped upon it from the beginning to the end. And he says to the disciples, I am the way. Does anybody else know a way? Of course, the, the uh, scribes and Pharisees thought they knew a way. And that's why Jesus said to them, All that came before me are thieves and robbers. They have sought to turn aside the people from the way because there is one way, I am it. And they are not leading the people to me. Indeed, what they are seeking to do is to turn the people away from me. And as we saw this morning in chapter 9 of John, uh, the man who was born blind was cast out of the the synagogue because he believed 
in Jesus because he stood uh, by Jesus even before really he knew who Jesus was because we read in the subsequent verses that Jesus revealed himself to him. And then also in cleansing. The the, uh, scripture says this of the Lord Jesus, worthy is the lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. It is through the slaying of Christ that we have redemption. There is no other way. There is none other who could die for our sins. There is no other that can reconcile us to God. Our sins are infinite. And people say, well, my sins are not infinite. I know people who sin much more than me. There are people who have gone down into the depths of depravity where I've never been. But what is sin? Sin is coming short of the glory of God. And the glory of God is infinite. And wheresoever we may fall short of infinity, there is an infinite gap. Though we should be one of the nicest, kindest, most righteous and self-righteous people in the earth, if we have come short of the glory of God, we have come infinitely short. Therefore, in order for us to be saved, we need a sacrifice which will cover that infinity and will cover our sins. And that is Christ. Christ is the one who cleanses us. By his sovereign authority, then, the way is confirmed to us that Christ is the way. And then also because unto him alone belongs the appointment of God. We read in the scripture that Jesus was foreordained. Uh, that it was the purpose of God that he should come. First Peter 1, verse 20 and 21, who verily was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you, who by him do believe in God, that raised him up from the dead and gave him glory, that your faith and hope might be in God. Foreordained before the foundation of the world. Ordained, chosen, precious, put into the world, sent into the world, for God gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should be saved. And here again, we see because of the appointment of God, he is the only way. God has not appointed two ways of salvation. He hasn't appointed three or four ways of salvation. He has appointed one way, and Jesus says, I am it. I am the way. I am the one whom God hath brought and sent into this world that I should dwell amongst men, that I should be a man, that I should bear upon myself and in myself the iniquities of all my people upon the cross. Not only is he the foreordained, but he is the firstborn. Romans 8 verse 29, for whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. And in Colossians 1.18, he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have the preeminence. Now Christ is the head. Christ is the first. And we are connected to him. He is the head of the body, the church. And the church are those who are called out. And those are they who, as we saw in John 10 this morning, have heard his voice and we follow him. He is the firstborn. His sovereign authority is in his authorship. It is in his appointment of God. 
and it is because unto him alone is reckoned the attainment of redemption that God recognizes the death of Christ upon the cross as redemptive as being an atonement made for sin that God accepts that sacrifice and God must do so by grace there is no reason why he should take the sacrifice of Christ for our sins he sinned not at all himself but he bears our sins in his own body on his on the tree by grace because he is gracious because he is loving because he desires it and it is by grace that we are saved and it is unto him alone that that attainment of redemption is reckoned that the father that the 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 judge of all the earth should look upon the sacrifice of christ and say i will accept this sacrifice on behalf of mark biddle i will accept this sacrifice on behalf of every child of god who has lived from the foundation of the world because the life of christ was one which had a full and complete uh, righteousness and had not fallen short of the glory of god i will accept him because its worth is infinite where we have fallen infinitely short Christ is able to make an infinite redemption because unto him alone is reckoned the attainment of redemption. Hebrews 10, 12. But this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins, forever sat down on the right hand of God or for one sacrifice for sins forever sat down on the right hand of God. It can be read either way here, but nevertheless, one sacrifice so when he says, I am the way, he doesn't give his glory to another. It is the glory of Christ to die there upon the cross in the place of his people. And as God has said, my glory I give not, not to another. So Christ receives that praise, that glory, and that reckoning of redemption. Secondly, Jesus' great claim to the way is confirmed to us by his sacrificial atonement. First, because he only is selected as the Lamb of God. Remember those words of Abraham in Genesis 22 and verse 8, where Abraham said to Isaac, My son, God will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering. God will provide himself a lamb. And John the Baptist, seeing Jesus coming unto him, saith, Behold the Lamb of God. Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. Of course, Abraham wasn't quite right in what he said, uh, because he said the Lord would, or God would provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering. It wasn't a lamb, but a ram. And perhaps there was a significance in that. For here is the man, Christ Jesus, who dies upon the cross for us his sacrificial atonement because he is selected as the sacrifice he is the lamb of god he is the one who brings to fulfillment all of that prophetically given in all of the sacrifices which god graciously gave and perhaps we don't really recognize how gracious god was in giving sacrifices he gave the law and the law of god of course was that uh, thou shalt not and all men broke that law but god added to it this sacrificial system and he says if you do these things i will i will forgive you for your sins 
If you take the, the lamb and if you slay it upon the cross, uh, upon the altar, I will accept that on your behalf. He didn't have to accept it, but he accepted it on the basis of the lamb of God, which he himself chose, which was Jesus Christ. And the people were forgiven because they brought that lamb by faith. And then secondly, in his sacrificial, sacrificial atonement, because of the singularity of his death. 1 Corinthians 5, 7, for even Christ our Passover is sacrificed for us. We remember the Passover sacrifice, how that Moses had said to the people that they were to take a lamb, they were to separate it from the flock, it was to be apart for three days, and they were to check it for any, any blemishes, any faults, it was to be perfect, a lamb of the first year. And then it was to be taken and slain, the blood to be taken and struck upon the doorposts and lintel of their houses. And that was the lamb of the Passover. Then they were to take of it and roast it with fire. They were to eat it together with their shoes upon their feet, their staff in their hand, and be ready to go. And here we find that the Lord Jesus uh, references those things as he says that his flesh is meat indeed and his blood is drink indeed. That there is something more than just the fact of his, of his death upon the cross as being something which could be observed by all men, whether they were righteous or unrighteous, whether the Pharisees who looked upon him and said, cursed, he, cursed be him, or whether it be the disciples who looked upon him and wept. Nevertheless, here was this physical sacrifice upon a cross, but Jesus speaks of spiritual things. And in that particular passage, he says, the things that I say unto you, they are spirit and they are life. And the singularity of his death then is that he, being perfect, being set apart, we could say, in a parallel with the Passover sacrifice for three years, that all could see his righteousness, his perfections, and then being slain upon the cross and the blood being the atonement for our souls. In the singularity of his death and he saying that we should feast upon him and in him and by him we have strength to traverse this world in hebrews nine twenty six. but now once in the end of the world hath he appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself the singularity of his death and then also because of the infinite merit of his sacrifice which we have mentioned already that we have fallen infinitely short of that which is required that we might ascend into heaven and be and dwell in the presence of God, that only an infinite sacrifice is sufficient. Not all the blood of bulls and of goats could make an atonement for the soul. They're not infinite sacrifices, but Jesus Christ, the Son of God, he bears the sin of his people in his own flesh upon the tree. And we read in Titus 2.14 also, who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto himself a peculiar people zealous of good works. We are justified from all things and we are redeemed from all iniquity. See the infinite power of the sacrifice of Christ. It is no wonder then that he says to Thomas, I am the way, the truth and the life, no man cometh unto the Father, but by or through me. The word there is the word dear, uh, which means through, 
Uh, it's a word in, which is used in diameter uh, when we consider the, the line through a circle, the deer, and we come through Christ. He is the door, you see, and he is the way, and we can only come in that one way by that narrow, that straight gate in the narrow way. And then finally, uh, we can see this great claim of Christ to be the way confirmed to us by the saving association of his elect, of his people. And by a sweet invitation that he speaks to us in uh, such easy and kind and blessed tones. In Matthew eleven twenty-eight, a well-known portion of scripture, I'm sure, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Come unto me. These easy words, this sweet invitation, which comes to you this evening and comes to all who hear this word. Come unto me. And there is an association then of those who are his people. Uh, We go to him. Why? Because he is the way. And because there is no other way. And he says, come unto me. It's It's a wonderful thing that when there is only one way that Jesus Christ says, I am the way, come. Come. The way is open to you. The door is there, set before you. Come and enter in and know the fullness of the blessing of the Lord. In John 6:37 he says all that the Father giveth me shall come to me and him that cometh to me I will in no wise cast out. And we see then also uh, this claim of Christ to be the way seen in the association of his people by a saving inclusion. Uh, we are included with Christ. As Christ laid down his life and died there upon the cross of Calvary. On the third day, he rose again, took his life to himself. He had, and we saw again in John chapter 10, I have power to lay it down. I have power to take it again. But when he takes his life again, he also brings with him all of his people that we should share in that life, which he laid down, an infinite life, sufficient for all, and that we might be saved. But there are some who will come. There are some who will believe. And in them, there is this inclusion. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved. We need to trust in him. In Hebrews 12, 23, that we come to the general assembly and the church of the firstborn, that is Christ, which are written in heaven, and to God, the judge of all, and to the spirits of just men, made perfect. The Lord is he who justifies and who includes us and who brings us to himself. I go to prepare a place for you, he says. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. Here is this great shepherd who who will lose none of his sheep. And he actually uses those terms and says, all that thou hast given me, I have lost none, save the son of perdition, one specific person. In all of the history of time, I have lost none save the son of perdition, that the scripture might be fulfilled, and Jesus Christ will lose none. There are none that can pluck us out of his hand, and his promise is, I will never leave thee, nor forsake thee. 
And then in this saving association of his elect by a spiritual indwelling. We continue to read in this 14th chapter. And if you just scan down the page to verse 16, you will see there that the Lord Jesus says, And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter. Now the word paraclete or parakletos. And the paraclete is one who stands at our side, who represents us, represents us legally, uh, who will stand with us in all situations. He shall give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever, even the spirit of truth. So look, another comforter, but just take a note of that word, another, first of all, that Christ Jesus himself was the comforter, that he is the paraclete. Another comforter is another paraclete, and he speaks of the Holy Spirit who will come. But then, not only so, but it tells us this in verse, uh, verse 23. And Jesus answered and said unto him, If a man love me, he will keep my words, and my Father will love him, and we will come unto him and make our abode with him. So when he speaks of the Spirit of God dwelling in our hearts, he is not speaking of him as being apart from the Trinity, uh, that there is this uh, separation in some way, that these are uh, completely different entities. There is one entity, that is God, in three persons. And he says, we will come to him. We will make our abode with him. And that's a wonderful thing, isn't it? Uh, we read of the, uh, in my father's house are many mansions, and that he goes to prepare a place for us, so we are kind of thinking in our minds that he has made an abode and we will go and we will make our abode with him. But until we go and make our abode with him, he has promised to make his abode with us and that he will dwell with us and he will be our strength. Oh, what wonderful words. And Jesus says to his disciples and indeed as John writes these things to all who would receive his letter, including us in this day, Jesus says, I am the way. I am the way. Would you come and trust in Jesus Christ? There is no other way. You cannot go through a different religion. You cannot go through a different philosophy. You cannot make up your own way. All that came before the door, uh, who didn't enter in through Christ, Jesus says, were thieves and robbers. We're going to be thieves and robbers. They shall not have a place in the presence of God. We must come through Christ and Christ bids you come and says come unto me all ye who labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest may the Lord bless his word and that may he use it for his glory let's bow our heads in prayer our father we thank thee for the Lord Jesus who was set apart from the foundation of the world to be the savior of men that he is the savior of all the world but chiefly unto them that are of the household of faith. For Lord, he is the saviour of all the world in that there is no other saviour. Therefore, he is the saviour of all the world. But Lord, he is the saviour particularly to those who trust in him because them he has actually saved. And Father, we pray that thou wouldst put thy hand upon all who hear this word this day. Lord, that thou wouldst speak with a voice which wakes the dead which gives sight to the blind and hearing to the deaf, that they might know that that bidding to come to him 
and might be heard by them, that they might come. O Lord, we pray that thou would save souls for thy glory and for thy praise, and that we might exalt Jesus Christ, even as the Father in heaven hath exalted him, and hath said, This is my beloved Son, hear ye him. Bless us then, we ask, watch between us, and draw us, we ask, continually after thyself, in Jesus' name. Amen.